Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. On the new episode of TV Gold, we're going to be talking about court and we're going to talk about a new drama on SBS called While the Men Are Away. But Andrew Mercado, welcome back. Let's start with Court, a new drama on Stan from your mate, Kick Gurry. Yeah, we've got so much great Australian content this week, but definitely Court I am a huge, huge fan of. I like Court because we talk about a lot of, we talk try to cover every single Australian drama or comedy that gets made here. As good as they are, you often see the same themes cropping up in them. You see sort of similar situations and, you know, shows that are kind of covering the same ground. We've seen that a lot this year. And what I love about Court is that it's unlike anything else on TV at the moment. It's highly original. It's hugely ambitious. I really think they pull it off. You know, to me, to set a story on a foreign island with a group of mercenary soldiers being held hostage by, you know, terrorists and making a hostage video trying to make it go viral. I mean, there's danger in that. If, if, if they don't pull it off and it doesn't look real, you're not going to believe it. But look, I totally bought all of this. It's a crazy concept, but there's an emotional reality to it with one of the characters played by Ben O'Toole. And no matter how crazy it gets, you know, it comes back to why he's doing this because he's got a sick daughter. And it, it reminds you, oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is kind of based in a reality. But I think there's so much being said in this. This is a script that's absolutely jam-packed uh, with things to say about social media and celebrity and government. And then James, that cast, it's to die for. Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? And we should point out at this stage, we've got a bonus episode of TV Gold, which is up now, and you can listen to where we talk with Kick Gurry, and he talks us right through the whole project from how it originated, how he stayed with it for years, and then how he assembled this amazing cast. It's, yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's incredible to think that he's written, directed, and starred in this. It's incredible. <laughs> I know. Let's list some of them. Where you talk. So let's stop with it. the Hollywood A-listers, um, Sean Penn, Matthew Fox, and Susan Sarandon for starters, right? Yeah. So that's not bad. And then you've got the who's who of Australia too, people like um, Brian Brown, Ben O'Toole, Lincoln Nunes, Alexander England, uh, Mal Johnson, Faisal Barzi, um Travis Fimmel's in it, I think, a little bit later in the series, he shows up. Um, yeah. Justine Clark turns up in it. So it's just, um, dare I say, Jeremy Lindsay Taylor. Um, Eric Thompson. And then oh, you've yeah. <laughs> Carl Stefanovic and Ali Langdon playing themselves in a send-up of the Today Show as Sean Penn plays himself, like just crazy. But they pull it off. It's incredible. Yeah, uh, Rob Carlton, Nicholas Hammond, uh, Sylvia Kalocka. Uh, <laughs> it's incredible. It's just just amazing. Uh, Brian Brown plays the Australian Prime Minister, um, <laughs> who's always wearing an Aussie tracksuit, which is <laughs> a, a bit of a nod to, uh, I think, John Howard. He used to always get doorstopped on his morning walk around Kirribilli, and um, yeah. he always had his Australian green tracksuit on. 
Yeah, Brian Brown is, is actually quoted in one of the papers today as saying that, you know, he has dealt with every Australian prime minister in terms of talking to them about the arts and Australian cinema. And he, when he was trying to decide on the look, he was like, oh, Paul Keating always wore a suit. That's a bit too hard. John Howard's got the right idea. He's always in tracky dacks and that's what he's gone with. And it really, really works. This is such a great series and well done to Stan for taking a chance on this. I mean, I've only, I've only seen the first three episodes that they released as a preview. They're dropping all episodes uh, on Stan from today. I'm going to just completely binge these last three and look for the rest of those huge uh, guest stars to turn up. But yeah, I, I absolutely loved the first three episodes. And and it's a show that I will probably watch again because there's so much going on in that dialogue. It's, you know, it's just so many ideas and so many hilarious gags and, you know, even jokes about married at first sight in there. It's like it's bang, 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 bang. All the years taking out a lot of targets. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, a few. An interesting you say that about watching it again. I've, I've also seen the first three. Um, but I've actually gone, I've watched the first episode three times now. Wow. It's funny you say that because I almost thought about watching the first episode again last night to get me in the mood for this again because, you know, I, it is a show that I want to watch again. Yeah, but it is it is really out there. It's edgy. It's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. So I kept thinking, look, I really want to go back, and it was worth it because you find out, at the start, why there, why a lot of things happen, which you forget about because there's so yeah. much going on. Yeah, I, I really. Do you know what else is really great about it, James? It's the way it starts, the opening scene, and the first cliffhanger for that first episode you know there is so much going on but what is really strong here in the writing of these scripts is it opens with a bang and the episodes end with a bang that makes you just oh my god i've got to watch another one that's the the real skill in the writing of this for me yeah it's very clever it's very well done it's very polished um you can see they've sort of been hick has been toying with this for quite a while because he's finessed it and fine-tuned it and he's got the script really good. And he's obviously had a lot of fun with the cast. Too, yeah. Who all do a great job. And there's so many little gags in there. There's there's one scene, I mean, the, a bit of a warning, there's a fair bit of nudity in that uh, first episode. And um, probably the most I've seen on screen since, I guess, Minx. Would that be right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and when we say nudity, we mean extensive full frontal nudity, although I'm sure that there's a prop involved in that, James. I don't want to take anything away from the actor involved, uh, but, yeah, I, I'd suggest... Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't want maybe. to bring that up. It's a fairly healthy specimen <laughs> on show, isn't it? <laughs> so that's good. But then in, in around that time, they're, they're lined up um, naked, the four sort of prisoners and you can see the back of them and one of them has a tan in the shape of a g-string <laughs> so yeah, that- little things like that they've really thought oh how can we make this funny oh what if what if he had a tan and he wears because he's a sort of character who would wear a g-string you know yeah yeah it's it's everything is so well thought out that no opportunity is missed to get a laugh from this yeah, yeah, no, it, it's very good. Um, yeah, as you say, so six episodes, they're all on uh, stand now. And don't forget, we've got that special episode, which um, 
takes you right behind the scenes. We've got about half an hour with Kick, and he just talks about everything. He's um, we should point out he's a mate of yours, yours from a few years ago, Andrew. So he was yeah. very comfortable talking to you with <laughs> you, and he didn't really hold back on anything, did he? Well, I, I was particularly fascinated as to how he wrote this because, you know, it's so, it's such an incredible script. You know, I was really, really interested to learn about how the project started. And, you know, very much when you look at this, if you actually go back and look at it, uh, Kick Gurry has actually acted with a lot of these people over the years. And, you know, you, you can see now that people are returning favors and people wanting to get on board and every Everyone rushing to be involved in it. I love the community of that um, with, you know, the Australian yeah, film industry. And then, of course, these overseas stars as well. You know, everyone could see the potential of this. And the fact that he got such an incredible cast on board, it's incredible. And he talks about um, one of the things he talks about is the relationship he has with Sean Penn. Yeah. And, um, and I don't think he had a lot of history with Sean Penn, but he knew people who knew him, right? Yeah. And so Sean Penn gets in touch and he gives Kick three options. He says, Look, I want in on this. I want, we won't say what the options are. We'll leave that for Kick in the podcast, but it's yeah. very good what he details. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Oh, I love that. I love the support. I love the co collegial feel about all of this that everyone uh, wanted to support him in uh, this highly ambitious project, which he has pulled off to his huge credit. Yeah, and it's a it's a great get for Stan, I think, because they went out. We've talked on the podcast before about Stan's point of difference is their Australian originals, right? Yeah. So they almost, um, let's say they almost had that space to themselves 12, 24 months ago. Yes. But, but since the, all the global players have wised up and thought, look, we need to commission some Aussie originals too. So there's a lot of great work on all the platforms now. So I think for Stan to sort of, if you like, reclaim that mantle Correct. they had, they need to be back in this space with shows like Court, yeah, things that are really going to make a difference, will really grab people's attention. And I don't know if you've noticed any of the publicity stuff yet, but the fantastic um, uh, artwork they've been doing based around the name, the the word court with all the asterisks between it. They've sort of like wanted posters, if you like. <laughs> yeah. For each one of the stars. And I know Carl Stefanovic's got his own one as well, which he's very pleased about. But it's up on um and walking around Sydney this week, you see it on on the sort of street furniture advertising that these banners, they look very dramatic and they really catch your attention. So I think this will do quite well for Stan and um you know, bring in a lot of new subscribers as well as making their existing ones happy that they keep going. Look, it's a pain in the ass to write court and put an asterisk between every letter, <laughs> but I love the fact that it's an homage to MASH because that's how MASH, the original title for MASH. Absolutely. You know, and, and I get the feeling that this is this show, well, Kick Gary admitted to us in the podcast that he grew up watching MASH. His parents loved the show. Um, but there's also a real Catch-22 vibe to this in, in terms of, you know, looking into the crazy things that happen during war and all of this stuff so you know i think he's got a real eye on the past but has made something that's very current and very today yeah and look we mentioned did i mentioned Faisal Bazi as a part of the cast yeah he's got to be my favorite actor at the moment i think he's doing yeah. 
such great work. He's um, in the new series of uh, The Twelve, which is being filmed over in Western Australia, the courtroom drama. It's Sam Neill was back. But um, Faisal also plays another, I think, part of the prosecution team. Yep. Or is he the defence? I think he might be going head-to-head with Sam Neill, but whatever, they're in some amazing courtroom scenes when this gets to air next year with both of them, which will be great. But in Shantaram, which I've I've banged on about a lot in this podcast, but he he played one of the pivotal characters in Shantaram, and he's just brilliant in that. And if you haven't seen Shantaram yet, you've got to look that up. It's on um, Apple TV+. Plus. Can I ask you a question about Shantaram? They've announced that it's not going to a second series. And sometimes when you hear that, it go, you go, oh, well, I'm not going to go back and finish that show because what's the point? Because I'm always worried that if it ends with a cliffhanger, you're left a little bit emotionally unsatisfied because they're not making any more episodes. But what you've reminded me that Shantaram is one of those shows that I've never finished and that maybe I should go back and... uh keep watching because I loved what I saw. I think I watched three or four episodes and I absolutely loved yeah, it. No, it's brilliant. Look, it's a true story too. So I'm not sure yeah. where they would have gone with a a second series. I, I think it really makes sense as a as a you know self-enclosed one season show. Right. Um, and it's very satisfying. It's just yeah you know, it's just brilliant. The cast is magnificent. Look, I could I could certainly watch that again if I had the time. Wow, okay. I've got to put that on my list and try and finish. Yeah, it's excellent stuff. Okay, so Court, uh, thumbs up from both of us. All six episodes up on Stan now. If you haven't looked at Stan, you can still get on board for $10. I'm not sure if they have a free subscription trial. I think everybody does. The The trial periods are a lot shorter now. Uh, it might be only a week or something like that, but that's probably enough to knock all this off if you're, if you're curious. Yeah. Okay, so another very interesting, and I've got to say, probably pretty quirky Australian drama too, is up on SBS this week, While the Men Are Away. What a pleasant surprise this was. There was there was something about it, and I can't explain what it was, but every time I saw it, I was like, oh, that looks naff to me. I don't know whether I'm going <laughs> to like that. And I put it off and put it off and put it off, and then when I finally sat down and watched it, I was laughing out loud with the opening scene, just the, 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 the kind of voiceover setting it all up made me laugh, and I thought it was really, really well done, and I'm absolutely on board and, and don't know why I hesitated. It's I actually did look up to find out if this thing that they were talking about was real, if it was based in fact, and it actually was. There was an Australian women's land army where women from the city during World War II went out to rural Australia and helped out on farms because all of the men were off fighting the war. So it is based in reality. But it's a crazy setup um, for what's going on with some of these characters. But again, the the way that it's written, it it opens up so much potential for story, particularly in the fact that you've got this uh, Italian woman um, who's a widow, in inverted commas, who's running the family property. Um, And of course, you can see the townsfolk sort of uh, circling her like, oh, you know, we'd lock you up in a prisoner of war camp, but, you know, you're one of the good ones, aren't you? But it's pretty clear that they'll they'll lock her up if they get the chance, and particularly if they knew some of the nighttime activities that she was getting involved in, James. That wouldn't go down well in that little country women's association at all. 
Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a great, and as you say, yeah, you get you get hooked from those first opening scenes. You're going, hang on, what is that really? What's happening in the background in that in that shot? There's some um, some great stuff. I like the the period details. Wonderful World War Two. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just the, the characters, and it, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised too. It just sort of blew me away. And you just, I mean, it's great. There's, I think, there's eight, the half hour episodes, so it's a really quick and easy watch. But it's very, you know, there's lots to take away from it. I really enjoyed it, and all the characters, the 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 range of subjects that they bring up, are at the, it's it really covers a lot of ground, doesn't it? Yeah, and I mean, this is a predominantly female cast, um, yeah. but it's really interesting. Uh, the the major uh, male character in it is uh, someone that hasn't gone to war and he's being labelled a coward by everyone in the town and they're spitting on him and sending him white feathers. And there's clearly a story to tell with him, and I think he's going to be a great ally for uh, some of these women who uh, are out of their comfort zone and uh working on this farm i also think it's really interesting being an sbs show they you know they do uh, go for multicultural depictions really interesting to see a jewish uh, character on screen we, do, we don't yeah. see that a lot in dramas but the fact that you've got this um italian woman running a farm and that you've got these two women to start with that come out from the city and one of them is a jewish girl that uh is really uh out of her comfort zone being on the property. Just some really, really interesting characters. And I think it's going to be so fascinating to see where this is going to go. I've watched the first two or maybe I watched three, but I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I'm about halfway through. I think I've watched four. Um, I'll certainly be watching all of them. Look, I didn't know a lot of this cast, to be honest. Uh, is it Michaela De Rossi plays a sort of uh, an Italian who's – um who's married to a, a soldier who's gone off to war. Yeah. I think she sits there listening to the radio at night with the torch on in a dark room. She's listening to Mussolini maybe on the <laughs> quiet or is she, is she just listening to sort of some updates on the war from Italy? I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, that that could be um, part of it. But yeah, she's very fiery, and um, I loved uh, I love the potential uh, of where this is going to go because she's got a few secrets up her sleeve. Uh, so yeah, she could well. Um, it's, it's she's just a very very interesting character, Frankie. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved it. You know, the character Gwen, who is um, one of the girls who comes out from the city, the one who isn't the Jewish girl. Um, um, and her mother is played by Sasha Haller. And my God, the resemblance between yeah. uh, Sasha Haller and Maggie McKenna playing her daughter it could almost be a real daughter. I wouldn't be surprised to find out that it was. It's just so such great casting there. As Sasha Haller didn't have a lot to do in that first episode. Um, but Tara Maurice is in there as one of the townsfolk. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's some really interesting stuff. The, the potential for this is is pretty much uh, off the chart for me. Good to see Tony Llewellyn Jones in there who's um been around in the industry for a long time. Wow. And, um, still still you know acting up a storm. Um he's he's been in everything. He was in Colin from Accounts, he's been in Rake. That's more recently, but going back a long way, he was in uh Underbelly a decade ago. Um I think he was in um he's been in Blue Healers in the past. 
I think he was pretty big in GP for a while too. He was one of the doctors in GP and that was a really long running role for him. And and that's a show that we don't talk about much these days, but it was a hugely successful show on the ABC that did some really great episodes. It's a shame that iview can't dig that out and screen it again often people bring it up to me and go oh, i love that show but did you know that tony llewellyn jones is the son of elizabeth kirby who played lucy sutcliffe in number 96 and went on to uh be elected to parliament as an australian democrat oh wow yeah wow. That's a and good elizabeth good. kirby is a hundred years old in fact Maybe she's turned 101 since uh, that. Um, still around. I still send her an email every now and then. Uh, and uh, incredible to see that uh, she's still with us. Yeah. And look, I, I'm not too good on um, the world of the supermodels, but there's, there's a girl called Gemma Ward in this, who I think was a pretty hot name in the modelling world. Yeah, uh, she was. An Aussie from Perth. Um, she's been a, I don't know, a lot about her acting career. She was in some of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Uh, she, she had a, a role in The Great Gatsby. Um, so she's been around. She's in this. And also Alice Scott Lynch. Again, don't know a lot about her, but really interesting resume. She was in something called Pimped. Uh, she's been in Love Child. She was in um, NCIS Los Angeles. So it's a, it's a really interesting cast to sort of, if you want to dig into it and see who's been in the background. Um, but also some of the people involved in creating the show. One of them was Kim Wilson, who's got an amazing CV, um, script executive on Wentworth. She yep. was a writer on Total Control, script editor on Pact of the Rafters. Uh, she wrote some of A Place to Call Home. So, you know, some great work being done by the creatives on this this series. Yeah, right. And um, we should also t- um, mention, too, that since while oh, – I also want to say that Ella Scott Lynch is in this, and she's fantastic. And I have just mentioned um, Michelle McKenna, but I'm also, just as I'm Googling here, realising that just a few days ago, uh, Michelle is now known as Max McKenna and uh, has actually uh, – is now identifying as a trans non-binary person. Uh, so they are on a journey uh, and congratulations to them and uh, what a great show to be associated with um, and it'll be fascinating to see where Max McKenna goes to next. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I think we uh, both recommend this one too. So it's While the Men Are Away. It's on SBS and SBS On Demand, eight episodes and they're just half hour episodes each. Can I also Um, say the other great thing about this is that this is a show, whenever you watch an SBS drama, you always assume that they're making it on the smell of an oily rag, that they don't have huge budgets, but it looks so beautiful and so lush and the wardrobe is incredible and the world and the the period uh, recreation is fantastic. Massive thumbs up to, uh, to SBS dramas for what they achieve with their budgets. I'd like to know where they filmed it, and I was going to check, but I never got around to it uh, today. So I sort of got a feel it looks a bit south of Australian to me, but I'm, I have no idea why I'm saying that. But but we will find out, and I'll sort of update mm. that uh, in the future. So that's while the men are away in SBS. And just quickly, too, uh, look, even though I really enjoyed it, I did notice SBS 
And I got to watch it as a screener, right? But it still had the ad breaks in it. Yep. And watching a half-hour drama with ad breaks, mm, it takes a bit of getting used to because it, it does sort of interrupt the flow a bit. I, yeah. I just found it a bit more intrusive than an hour drama with ads. I'm not sure why. But mm, um, after seeing so much drama on streaming services, you know, without any interruptions, you, you do notice the difference yeah. when you get onto a, another platform. And I think um, we see uh, with the ABC and SBS is that quite often they on-sell their shows to Netflix. Um, yeah. So, you know, in a couple of years' time, you sort of find this new audience on Netflix that won't have um, any ads on there. Because I I hope I'm right in saying this, but I seem to remember that The Unusual Suspects, which was a drama from 2021 uh, with uh, Miranda Otto and uh, a bunch of uh, Filipino maids and what was going on in some rich mansions in Sydney. I, I feel that was an SBS show, and I think I've seen that on Netflix. So at some point, while the men are away, it will probably end up there. And in terms of where it was filmed, James, yeah. not South Australia, I thought it looked a bit too lush to be South Australia. It, it was filmed in Orange, uh, Millthorpe. So it looks like it was very much New South Wales production. Okay. Well, it's interesting. The uh, production company actually has is there, in fact, based out, I think, in Orange. It's the address that comes up on the um, Wow, on the 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 production notes that accompanied this. So yeah, that that's interesting. That uh, I mean, it's great at Arcadia, and it's great if they can be based out in Orange and they, they get to film out there as well. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Okay, and Millthorpe is certainly in the central west of New South Wales, and it, it felt to me like you know that when they arrive at that little train station, you know, yeah. I was looking at the train station, going, "Oh, where is this beautiful little um, building?" Yeah, I'd say it's probably Millthorpe. It looks very much like a village sort of style town to me. Yeah, look, I've wanted to take a road trip out west for a long time to get out to Orange and Mudgee and that, and this has really made me think. Look, I've got to get a move on. <laughs> yeah, now I've heard that's where it is. So yeah. I, I want to get out there. Um, okay, so what have you got else that else this week for us, Andrew? Look, I wanted to mention we talked about Far North last year, uh, last week, James, which yeah. was New Zealand drama made by South Pacific Pictures. You know who I love their work. I love Outrageous Fortune. I love Shortland Street, and I wanted to love this show so much. We only got sent one episode as a screener, and I watched it and went. Yeah, it's all right, but I, I wanted more and, and I didn't get it. And so I finally went back this week and watched episode two and roared with laughter. You know, we talk a lot on this show about that where you sometimes you really need to see two episodes of a series yeah. to get a good opinion of it. And Far North falls into this category. Episode one is setting up this story with these, you know, Chinese drug smugglers being caught at sea. And then in episode two is where the hilarity really begins. This is a, a true story. And you see these Tongans and the buying a boat uh, for this Chinese drug dealer to go out and get the gear. And honestly, they are so inept. And one of them is, uh, one of them has stomach problems. And the only thing that relieves it is if he has uh, a hot shower and they move hotels because the first hotel they're staying at runs out of water. I mean, there's all these 
crazy little things in there. And then you see the Tamura Morrison and Robin Malcolm characters. You see in episode two how they get drawn into this. And yeah, now I am absolutely on board. I, it is my number one priority after I watched the, the last three episodes of Court to get there on Far North and see what happens next. I saw a couple of things on social media where people were saying, oh, my God, I just started watching this show and I binged all six episodes. And now I understand why. So thank you, New Zealand. Thank you, South Pacific. Because you haven't let me down, Far North is going to be one of my favourite shows of the year at this rate. Yeah, I, I tried to jump on actually last night to to um, consume some more and my Paramount Plus was playing up. I, I, I couldn't get it to... Um, it's weird that you say that because I had to switch the subtitles on because when I started watching it yeah. and the recap was on and the, the Chinese women were speaking and they were there were no subtitles and I was like, what's happening? Is this just happening in the recap? And then the show started. So I've had to put subtitles on. So, so there's some issue with it on Paramount Plus that those subtitles aren't coming up. Um, but, yeah. yeah, yeah, look, do whatever you need to do. Turn the subtitles on. This is a great show. But be careful because when you go to the episode page, it's got all the episodes there and it's also got a, a synopsis, a capsule synopsis beside each, beside each one. And I was, I was really tempted. I didn't want to look at it because if yeah. you just go to – you can't help but see out of the corner of your eye what happens in the future episodes. And, yeah. And I don't like that. No, I don't like it either. Don't, don't put surprised. a synopsis up like that. Make people click if they want to see it or something. Because Yeah, good it can, idea. It can be a spoiler if you accidentally look down the page at the last episode and go, oh, my God. <laughs> well, the other thing that goes on too is that, you know, when we're when critics like us are watching stuff in advance and we get a message from the uh, production company saying, please don't reveal these key plot points and you haven't even watched it yet and they're asking you to start sign a, an NDA that you won't give away any plot points and it's like, I don't even want to read this. You, you, I, I just want to watch it and be surprised like everybody else. No we're not going to give away plot spoilers yeah yeah what have you finished james have you finished anything that we I have finished the other black girl which i was sort of enthusiastic about last week yeah um and and i had to go and watch the rest of it there again i think they're um 30 uh minute episodes it's on what platform it's on i can't remember now Disney, it's, I think. Disney. It's a Disney show Plus, correct. Yeah, I, I said last week's one of the few things I've watched recently on Disney Plus. So I, I loved it that they had it because I got sucked into taking out a year's subscription. <laughs> it cost me a hundred bucks last month. And now I'm glad I've I had something to watch. But yeah, look, I really, I really enjoyed this the the way it went on. Um, it was created by Rashida Jones, who's the daughter of Quincy Jones. Oh, and, wow. Okay. So an actress in her own right. Um but it, yeah, it's just fascinating the 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 way it the way it goes on and and how it ends. So look, I I really enjoyed that. And what I don't think we mentioned last week, Eric McCormack is the central character who runs um, the publishing company in this. Oh, Will and Grace. And you'd be a big fan of his work, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a very different role for him too. He doesn't play it for laughs at all. It's a very serious. He's quite dour in it. Um, and he's a bit of a nasty sort of character without giving you any spoilers. No, but it's, it's great to see him cropping up in a parent in a um in a prominent role like this. So yeah, I'll, I'll give that a thumbs up. The other black girl. 
Now, James, I finally finished Bay of Fires, uh, that great Marta Dusseldorp series on ABC that had an incredible catch-up figure attached to it. You know, it would screen on a Monday night and then get like an 87% jump in viewers, people watching it on iView. So there are a lot of fans of it out there. And remember, we had a guy write to us um, here at TV Gold who'd watched the first episode and said, this makes no sense at all that a government department would be putting a person into witness protection. I, I'm not buying it. And, you know, we said at the time that there was a big revelation that was going to happen in episode five that was going to ex explain why these people were behaving so badly. And I don't want to do a plot spoiler on this, but there, there was, I, I thought it kind of did make sense as to why this town existed, the reason why this town existed and why government departments were sort of sidestepping it. It's, it was an original idea. I've never seen this in a TV show before, um, and it did set up for a really in interesting back half of it, and I think there's something more in it. I think, have they said yes to a second series of Bay of Fires? Have we seen that? Not that I've seen it officially, no. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was great and I thought it finished strong and, uh, yeah, well done to everyone for making that. Okay. We talked about um, streaming platforms a lot and I had a, an email from somebody called Stephanie who talked about Binge and, and we've talked about you can get still get Binge for $10. I think it's – I've called it the, the best value of all the streaming services because of the quantity of the material you can get. That yeah. $10 now, you do get it in HD, but you do get some ads. And we were talking about, look, we, we're happy with ads if they stack them at the front and at the end. Yes. Stephanie pointed out that Beans definitely do drop them through the middle of their drama oh, shows. So, oh, so because that's one of the things that, that I find really frustrating with SBS on demand, you know, the ad breaks come in and, you know, what, what really annoys me is I understand that there need to be ad breaks to pay for the shows and, and, and I can get my head around that. What annoys me, as I've said here many times before, is when they're playing the same ads over and over and over and over again. It's like at a certain point, it's like leave, drop an ad break. If you're not going to show me a new ad, just continue with the drama. That's the part that annoys me. So I'm sad to hear that Binge is doing that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I will point out something else to you, James. Sorry yeah. to change the subject. But I've been watching the last and final series of Sex Education on Netflix, uh, that fantastic show. Um, and, you know, Gillian Anderson stars in it as the sex therapist, but it's really about all of the kids at this school and her son is Otis and he's in love with Maeve. But the, the special guest stars in this final series, quite incredible. You got Dan Levy in there from Schitt's Creek and Hannah Gadsby <laughs> playing a radio uh, producer who um, hires the Gillian Anderson character to do a um, sex education radio show and there's just the most bizarre moments with um, Hannah. Uh, one episode begins with her in front of a fridge doing something very bizarre. So, yeah, no, I didn't see that one coming, but, yeah, sex education, um, I'm, I'm, I'm ploughing through it at the moment. Uh, looks like it's going to go out on a high. Some some really uh, hilarious moments and beautiful touching moments in there that this show is so well-renowned for. Anna Gadsby, who I noticed this week is um, about to embark on some UK dates, uh, UK live shows, including a couple of shows, I think, or one at least at Alexandra Palace, which wow. sounds um, 
pretty exotic. I wouldn't mind betting they they might film that and put it out as a um as a special because that that would look pretty dramatic with the palace backdrop behind the um the stage. Look, uh, knowing Netflix and the success they've had with her comedy specials, uh, surely someone's um, had a chat to them about that. Um, look, a couple of things that I want to point out on TV next week. I'll be watching the new series of Old People's Home for Teenagers, okay. uh, which is beginning on the ABC on Tuesday. And also there's another new Australian drama beginning on 10 next week. It's called Heat. Um, it stars uh, Pia Miranda and Danny Dyer, uh, who's overnight said some un- unpleasant, uh, not some complimentary things about EastEnders, a show that he was involved in for a long time. This is another one of those uh, Channel 4 dramas, four episodes. They screen it in the UK as a big event over four nights of the week. Ten prefer the weekly drop. Uh, another one that Jason Herbison's been involved with, along with uh, Riptide and I think Lie With me was the other one. Um, I've only watched the first episode and we just said that we're not going to comment on things if we can watch more than one episode. The first episode was a bit slow. Heat in the title refers to a bushfire that's coming in the Victorian countryside, but episode one is setting up the dynamics of these two families. They're in a a sort of a holiday house uh, and clearly the fire's going to come their way, Sue. So I think I might watch another episode of that before I uh, drop any judgment on heat but if you want to watch it next week starts wednesday night on 10 uh after the amazing race australia which is their celebrity edition which they are pumping the hell out of and on ads at the moment uh darren mcmullen's also in that and someone i really like jane Allsop. yeah in fact, Darren McMullen's in both those shows. He's in The Amazing Race Australia as oh, well. Really? He's oh, one of the celebs in that with his nephew. So, yeah, he's getting a lot of work. Darren McMullen night then on um, yeah. on 10. <laughs> just quickly dart back to SBS. I, I pulled up the figures last week from their most recent annual report for some reason. I can't remember why. But interesting, that costs about $450 million to fund SBS. Yep. And out of that... They generate a third, so roughly 150 million comes from ad revenue. So wow! It's, it's a fairly important, critical part of the budget that helps keep them on air, and I guess funds a lot of those dramas. So I mean, if it if it means that's the way we have to get some shows, well, it's a small price to pay sitting through some ads, I guess. Yeah, I don't have a problem with ads, but I did hear um, a few months back, maybe they've corrected this, that SBS World Movies were putting ad breaks in in really bad spots, like I think maybe in the middle of scenes. You know, I just think that if you're going to have ad breaks, you you need to be really clever about it. I'm all for preloading it at the front um, because you're running around uh, getting settled in to set it. I'd rather see ads at the front, um, but ad breaks need to be really carefully slotted in you know the the shows that are made for ad breaks they work really well with an ad break but of course movies aren't made for ad breaks and uh yeah whoever's watching those movies and deciding on the breaks don't let an algorithm decide it because that will be a disaster okay you've been listening to the tv gold podcast we remind you look make sure you follow us or like the podcast then you get the alerts when we have these bonus episodes which often pop up without any warning because we we get an opportunity to speak someone and we grab it and um get that out pretty quickly andrew your show of the week um, my show of the week is Court. Um, absolutely loved it and a very strong second place there for while the men are away
Yeah, look, I've got to go with you there. I think on another week it might have been while the men are away. Yeah, know, true. Pending what it was up against, but it was. Um, it's a pity it was those both those shows dropped this week. But we look, we recommend both of them for you to go and watch. Look, a little teaser for next week. We're going to Delta Goodrum's made a movie. Um, I've seen it. You're about to see it, so we'll yeah. A little bit controversial, but we'll get into that next week. We won't say too much about it now, but that'll be on the slate for next week. We've got so much stuff, James. I don't know how we're going to get to it all. We've got uh, the American Horror Story with Kim Kardashian. We've got the Continental from the world of John Wick on Amazon Prime. We've got the Frasier reboot just around the corner. There's so much. I've got this list here, and it just I, I add stuff to it, and I look at it and go, how are we going to do all of this? But somehow we always do. We'll find a way. We'll find yeah. a way. All right, Andrew, thank you for joining us. You can read Andrew every week in the Media Week Morning Report on Fridays. It's also posted on mediaweek.com.au. Don't forget you can email us. Send your email to comments at tvgold.au. Andrew, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, James. Have a great week. 